This is the Awakened Journalist with Emiliana Molina Fajardo. We do journalism for the good of humankind. Our main goal is to empower, inspire, and enrich your life with every interviewee that opens up to share their personal journey. We tell stories in English and Spanish. Hi guys, welcome to The Awakened Journalist. I'm super excited and super honored um, to have Deborah Mace in this interview. Um, to tell you a little bit about Deborah and give you context on what we're gonna be speaking about. Um, Deborah is a model. Uh, she's a former actress. She quit the industry recently. She's gonna tell us why later. And she is currently also a health coach. Um, she went to FIU and studied marketing. And right after that, her modeling career took off pretty quickly. Eventually she moved to New York. She's been traveling all over the world uh, thanks to her modeling career. And um, she has been on a billboard in Times Square <laughs> for American Eagle. She was in a commercial in Hagen Dust with Bradley Cooper for you ladies out there listening and watching. And she also acted in the first season of MacGyver and Bull. She's been on multiple covers of magazines and has had a wonderful and triumphant career so far. And there's much more coming, especially with her new title <laughs> as a health coach. Um, and so to give you guys a little bit of context to Dev, welcome. Thank, Thank you. you so much for being here. Very excited. Alrighty, and to let you guys know um, how we met, because this is actually a really, really awesome story. Um, Deb and I know each other from high school, from Boca Raton High School, um, which was around 2008, I want to say, so we're getting yeah. old. <laughs> um, and we weren't friends back then, but we knew who each other was. And I remember Deb um obviously because she you know she's beautiful and gorgeous you can't miss her and we had the same french teacher miss masseuse and i remember i was in her class one time and miss masseuse loved her and i think it was was it your first maybe modeling gig that you were on a magazine or something in high school yeah not in high school but i think when you took mrs masseuse class I was, I had already started modeling, so I guess okay. one of the covers or... Okay. Yeah. Something, but she was so proud and she was showing the whole classroom, um, you know, how Deb was doing. And I just sat there in French class and was like, wow, this girl's gonna make it so far. And it was such an inspiration because I thought, you know, whenever I make it far in my career, I didn't know back then that I wanted to be a journalist 100% yet. Um, but I thought like, I hope that people around me that love me are as proud as Ms. Masseuse is of Deborah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> so Deb, okay, let's start. I give a little bit of context about your career. Um, I guess let's start with the basics. You know, how did you decide to become a model and was it everything you had ever dreamed of? Okay, so first of all, it wasn't a dream come true per se, because I wasn't seeking modeling. It's not something I've ever thought about. I was in college. I wanted to be a lawyer. Uh, I thought I had a very uh, specific plan ahead. Um, but then things didn't turn out the way I thought, and I kind of fell into modeling. I was offered a, my first modeling contract with Elite New York. And to tell you how much I didn't care at the time, they asked me to move to New York and just start there. They had all those plans for me. And I was like, no, I'm in school. I just got a scholarship. I'm going to go back to Miami and go back to school. So I ended up um, starting with Elite Miami. And, uh, and then it kind of took a turn. I wasn't expecting it to become a career. I thought it would just be a side job. But I fell in love with it, of course, because um, I had been on stage before as an actor. And I kind of saw similarities in the way models do, you know, like as a model, you go on set and you have to tell a story with your body. And it was kind of like being an actor for me. So this is why I fell in love with modeling. And uh, I can't believe it's been so many years, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I know, but, I know. Yeah, it's, it was, it's been an amazing journey. And uh, because I had no expectations of the job, I'll tell you, it was just good. Like only good came out of it only good still coming out of it. 
Okay, what has been one of the things that you think was the most rewarding so far in your career? Like a specific event that you can say, wow. Oh, there's been so many. So many. But uh, for starters, um, I was 19 when I started. Let's not do mm -hmm. the math, okay? Okay. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I don't care. Uh, so I was 19 when I started and uh, like... I never went back home, so I took care of myself. I was completely independent very early on, um, and I traveled the world. And to this day, yes, the magazine covers, a, you know, uh, it never gets old. You always feel something when you see one, uh, the billboard in Times Square or commercial, whatever you see on TV, or when you walk into CVS, you're always like this. But for me, what was the most, uh, the, the best accomplishment, I would say, is all the people I met around the world because every time I took a trip, I made it a mission that I would not just be a modeling job. I would get to know the people, I would maybe learn the language, I would try all the food possible when I was there. And all those memories and all the stories that I got to learn along the way, it's just incredible. It's, a, it's the biggest blessing I've ever received. Like, For sure, right it's amazing. Back. Yeah, it's amazing connections. Um, Dev, so, okay, you said that around 2015, you started having a really rough year. Um, can you guide me a little bit through that stage of your life? Okay, so just to give you a little bit of context, why I call it one of the rough, like one of the roughest years mm -hmm. of my life. Um, up until that far, up until that point, I, I thought moving to the US was the hardest thing I've ever gone through. It was really difficult for me. I was 15. Um, and, you know, it was really hard to adapt and, you know, go to high school. Yeah. And you moved from France, just so people I know. I did, yeah. Like a whole different I know country. You can tell I really don't have an accent. It's really hard to tell. <laughs> but yeah, I'm from France originally. Yeah. Um, Which, it's a beautiful accent, and we're going to talk about that later, too. We'll get to that. We'll get to that, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, my personality is really, like, I always make the best out of it. I'm always, a, I'm really happy all the time. And I guess... Um, in 2015, I had a really hard time putting myself to, to keeping myself together, and I started feeling really those things I never thought I could. I was literally like what I would say depressed, though I didn't want to use that word because I was a perfectionist, and I was like, no, I can handle my emotions. I don't come from a dysfunctional family. Nothing's really wrong in my life, and even though difficulties um, have arisen, like I can still. You know, I can still, I can handle this. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. And when I, I was literally in New York, I had just moved. It was, uh, I had no friends, obviously, because I had just moved to the city. My family was in France and back home in Florida. And you don't want to call your parents or your sister, like, oh my God, I'm so sad, you know, like every day. So you get to a point of like, okay, you really have to do something. At that point, I was so desperate to feel better because I really got to that point. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going to seek some help. I might want to find a therapist. I don't know, talk to someone. Uh, but it was also at that time that I wasn't, uh, wasn't eligible to be on my parents' health insurance anymore. Okay. And then I started realizing how difficult it is to be in the U.S. without a health insurance. That was very oh, yeah. clear to me going through that myself. And I was like, what? $300 an hour for a session? Like okay maybe not especially not in 2015 a lot of things were happening it wasn't good so out of despair one day literally out of despair i can't believe i'm saying that but that's how it felt i yeah. walked myself to barnes and noble went to a self-help session desperate to find a solution i grabbed a book fell down on the floor crying i was like i can't believe i'm doing this but i'm going to try to heal myself i'm going to try if I can, to find solutions on my own without anybody's help yeah. And that's when it all started because I didn't know what I was undertaking at the time, but uh, the knowledge that I gained, and I really did find something that I hope to share with other people today, which is the power to empower yourself. And at that point, something clicked because I started looking at life differently. I started looking at my problems differently and handling my emotions differently. But then, you know, it's not an easy road either. I'm not saying I read <laughs> Okay, bam, solutions, bam, I'm good. No, that, that, that is not how it happened. But um, it was the beginning of something great. That's amazing. And it all started with a book at Barnes & Noble. 
I mean, it sounds easier said than done, um, but I can imagine, you know, how you were feeling at that point by yourself, family so far away, um, to come to think like, okay, let me try to heal myself. That's amazing. Because now clearly that you've been through this road and through this journey, you realize with all the knowledge that you have and how you've empowered yourself that, yes, it is, it is true. You can heal yourself. <laughs> but at that point, it sounds a little crazy. And, and it's really hard to get out of certain habits when we feel so sad and so lonely. So props to you for, for doing that. And do you want to share, um, you know, so you started with the books and Barnes and Noble and the self-help book. Do you want to share what came after and, and what was one of the things that really helped you get out of that situation and that depression? So basically when I started, I never stopped because what happened in between was I started becoming extremely curious about what was out there. So in the process of you know reading books and I did a lot of workshops and uh, you know I discovered Mind Valley as well which was a place with a lot of teachers that you know t t it was an empower and a place where you empower yourself too so it was from that point on the only gas like the gasoline was curiosity and really get to know all these things I had never heard about up mm -hmm. until that point um, so the healing I'm capable today, six years later, looking back and being like, oh my God, that was such a healing journey. At that point, I didn't really necessarily see it this way. I was still caught up in my life. And then, you know, then New York happened and I started living my life in New York too. And then you start putting all those feelings um, aside as well. So it's really looking back that you're able to, to, to talk about healing and what really helped you change and feel better about how you were feeling before. Of course. And I think that, you know, when it's easy to share like the good stuff because we we're at a good point in our lives, but when we're healing and when we're not quite ourselves a hundred percent, it's not easy to talk about these kinds of things. And it's so much easier to see it in perspective, like hindsight. Um, especially that, um, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. You want to project that you're happy, that you're doing well, that, or at least that's what I wanted to do. And I think I was trying so hard to convince myself about, about being happy, about being in the right place, about being in complete um, control of my emotions, for lack of a better word. So it, you know, like it's, it's just, you, you don't talk about healing. You, you don't talk about what you go through. You might mention this with your friends a couple of times, but you even have a hard time accepting uh, certain of your emotions or not even understanding what's happening with yourself, right? Because a lot of that journey, looking back, is dealing with the subconscious beliefs, okay? Everything you don't even know you hold. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so that, that again, it's really changing your perspective and looking at it differently. But in the process of it, it's just a big mess. I, I think that <laughs> I, I, it is it is ugly. It's a, you know, you don't even want to say like, oh, I'm trying to heal myself. No, you're just like, you know, I'm trying to 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 get through life. And oh, I've discovered this author. It's very interesting. You know, it tells you that you're in complete control of your emotions and you can just like, ah, you know, heal yourself just by doing those couple meditations or you know those couple affirmations but it's it's a lot deeper than that for sure and can i ask you well two questions one what were some of your self-limiting beliefs that you realized you had back then and that you were working um when you realized they were in you know part of you and part of your subconscious and sometimes even part of the baggage that we carry from our ancestors uh, there were so many. I'm still working on some. Okay? I'm not. I'm not completely yeah. done. Uh, the very fact I'm on Instagram today doing a live is uh, is something for me too. I think I had. Um, it's one thing the image you give to people, especially with social media, right? That you know you're your model. You live in New York. Life is great. You go to the great parties and you know the people, and you know. But that's really just a mask that you wear. And uh, so 
I would say uh, maybe that I wasn't capable of more. I started also defining myself by my job. I didn't know it was happening. You know, I thought that I, you know, but I, my, my whole life was my job. Mm -hmm. um, I was Deborah the model, you know, and I was, I started being like, okay, but no, that's, that's not all I am. But that was a big question mark. What am I? Right. Yeah. So there were all the, 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 all those beliefs. And then there was uh, all the family stuff that came out as well. And uh, a, a lot of things. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's really hard to say which one in particular. Mm -hmm. um, I think I'm, again, it's such an ongoing journey that they're never really gone, you know, but you're more aware of it and your awareness makes you, you know, powerful, right? Because you know, sure. you, and the more you work on them, you know, when they, they come out, so you're able to recognize them and handle them differently. For sure. And Deb, you know, just so people know the fact what you just mentioned, the fact that you're here on Instagram, like, I just want to let you guys know this morning, we had a phone call conversation and Deb actually <laughs> expressed that she was a little bit timid or, you know, scared about doing this, this interview because it's the first time she opens up about her story publicly on Instagram. Um, so just so you know, the fact that she's a model and she's used to being on camera doesn't mean she doesn't have fears. And she's facing one of them right now. Oh, I mean, you're getting sorry. out of your comfort zone. I, I, say, I say that all the time. Sorry, yeah, I, I talked over you. No, uh, I say that all the time, but truly, for me, being a model, being naked on the beach, I have no problem with that. I'm very comfortable uh, with my body I, and I love my job, it, truly. For me, it's art and, and it's just expressing myself in that way. I have no problem with that. But social media, it, it, again, all those fears come out. It's like, oh my God, I have to be myself. I have to like be true. Because if I'm going to do this, I can't do it halfway. Like I'm not somebody, I, I, especially not at this point in my life where I can just uh, wear another mask, you know, like instead of wearing the modeling, the model mask, I'll wear, you know, whatever new mask society has decided I need to wear today. So it, the vulnerability that, that, it, that is involved in, in this process is terrifying to me, absolutely <laughs> terrifying. But hey, you, you have to conquer your fears, so. And you're conquering them 100% and you're doing amazing. If you guys want to let her know how she's doing, I, I know you guys all think the same thing as I do. She's doing amazing. Um, Deb, somebody asked a little bit earlier to have you considered remote counseling at any point. So believe it or not, back then, the, it wasn't so, uh, you didn't have that many options. I think mm -hmm. now uh, there is a lot more. I considered every possible option at the time. And I did talk to like a few people, but it was, it just ne never worked for me. And again, if there's one thing that I've learned, there are so many tools out there mm -hmm. and, you know, talking to somebody or wh whatever works for you and, and you should go and, and explore all that to see what works for you. In my case, it worked for me because I was able to, to, to learn myself in a way I never even thought possible along the way of healing, right? Yeah. Of covering me, accepting all those parts of me. Um, so, so yeah, at the time I looked at every options. I think maybe, you know, I was led into that one, into the self-healing uh, process uh, for a reason, you know? So I think there was a reason. For sure. And I think, I love what you just said, accepting all the parts of you, because I think that's, that's a big self-limiting belief for most of us. Like, you know, people might see you on Instagram and they might think your life is perfect and beautiful, but we all have parts of ourselves that we sometimes have trouble accepting. Um, but when you learn to embrace your light and your shadows, um, there's huge empowerment that comes with that. And I can tell that you've done the self work because I, you are so empowered and you're owning, you know, those things about you that maybe were criticized by other people back then, but that now this Deborah today embraces and accepts one of them being, and I, I know you told me this morning, you're still on a journey to heal that as well, but one of them being your accent. So let's talk a little bit about your accent, which I personally think it's beautiful. I know it's all about perspective. And I know on the field, you've been criticized by it, or I'm sure people have told you like, work on your accent because I've been told to work on my accent too oh, but me too? <laughs> yeah me too and it's like 
I worked on it and now I'm trying to get my accent back because I realized that made me authentic and that just shows where I come from. Um, so tell me a little bit about the healing journey you've had around your accent. Okay, so actually it goes way back. It goes back to okay. high school, Emiliana, because <laughs> I remember the very moment my English teacher asked me to present whatever, you know, homework we had in front of the class and she really was going like this, like, I don't understand. So oh, I, very, I get the chills. <laughs> I very quickly started feeling extremely self-conscious about my voice overall, mm -hmm. right? Um, uh, but then, of course, you know, life goes on. I started speaking English much better, obviously, enough for people to understand me, I hope. Mm -hmm. um, but then uh, the acting started in New York. Now, I've always been on stage. I loved acting in France, loved acting in America. I was in the, the, the drama club in high school, even though like, I had no speaking roles because I didn't speak English well, I was still on stage. So acting was always something that was uh, very, that was a passion for me. So when I moved to New York, of course, I signed up for a class because I wanted to have that, you know, all the drama people around me, you know, all mm -hmm. the, um, all the stage and all the, the art of acting, which ultimately is what I fell in love with, you know, the art of it, telling stories through your body mm -hmm. with your voice, you know, because that's what we that's, you know, that's what we are being taught in school. And that's mm -hmm. why we love acting in the first place. But when I got into the business, it was very obvious that my accent became a problem. And every time I talked about it, people would be like, oh, no, it's cute. No, it's an asset. You know, oh, it makes you different. No, uh, I, it is not the case once you enter the industry at all. I spent tons of money on trying to get rid of my accent because, you know, agents were telling you to do that or casting directors. And I started more and more feeling like, oh, my God, what's wrong with me? You know, like I like why because here's the thing it's an accent right so for the people telling you to get rid of it it's just turn it off it's just an accent but for you or at least for me it was an, an entire story behind my accent right uh again the most traumatic event in my life was truly moving to the us i had a really hard time with it and my accent kept reminding me of that obviously um when it comes to acting um, the accent was one of the reasons why, you know, I just felt like, okay, this wasn't for me anymore. But because I really believe all the signs that, you know, that life sends you, you know, it's just one little part. And I got to a point where I was like, wait a second. No, like, this is a part of who I am. And I know the story that it holds. And I know I can turn it into something that is me. Like, I, I don't have to hate this part of me anymore. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so, that's, uh, that's, that's the accent story. <laughs> Which is amazing because, I mean, you put it so beautifully, but I know people can, who can relate to this and some people have been writing on there that they had a similar story to you and they were told um, to shut their accent off. Um, it's harder than it seems, like, and embracing it and accepting it when people are telling you on the outside, no, like, you might not get a job because of it or, no, you know, turn it off. Um, it gets to you if you if you haven't done the self work and if you haven't empowered yourself. And like you said, it's part of you. It's part of your essence. It shows your culture. I mean, you're French. You moved when you were 15. That's teenage years. Literally, half of your life has been lived in a different country. Um, so coming to a new country and somebody asking you to change your whole accent is like trying to ask you to get to change half of you you can't when you've lived 15 years of your life this way um so i'm glad that now you embrace it and accept it after you know listening to outside voices that are simply projecting stuff that they don't accept within themselves um so dev okay accent story now in 2018 you mentioned this was one of the years for you that was kind of like a fallout. Can you guide me through that stage of your life and why you're calling it a fallout? Uh, this is why I was mentioning before that you look at the healing. I call healing looking back because 2018 happened. I had been in the 
curiosity stage of my life, right? Mm -hmm. Reading all these books and workshops and whatever. 2018, I literally wake up one day and I cannot recognize the person in the mirror. It was horrible. And I know it sounds like, what are you talking about? Like, but there was this, it, it, I really felt like I had been wearing a mask my entire life. Because as you start working on yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Or whatever you want to call that, exploring um, a new knowledge about, you know, a bunch of different subjects. Yeah. Um, I, I was, I was like, oh my God, like this, this, this is, what is happening to me? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I could not, I, I just, I could not even answer question what I wanted to do in my life, who I was, what I really wanted, because I had spent so much time people pleasing or doing what I thought I, sh I should be doing because of, you know, societal pressures and social media, you name it. And, and with modeling as well, right? So you condition into a certain way of living. Living in New York too, you get into this spiral of like, you know, constantly doing things, never stopping and going from one thing to another and parties and this, and you meet all those people, but you never stop, you know? You, and I think in 2018, everything, I, I just had to crumble down once again, you know, and really keep digging deeper and make decisions in my life to, you know, uh, to, to change things. You know, I had to, it was a pretty tough year, let's put it this way. Yeah, uh, yeah I think it just, it's kind of a normal consequence to, to learning more about yourself, right? It's a... Uh, which is the hardest journey, but the most rewarding. And I love how you phrased it, um, conditioned living. Because, yeah, we, we allowed the outside world to condition us to live a certain way. And it's not necessarily the right way to live, you know. We all have different personalities. We all have different life purposes. Um, and for you, part of your life was acting and being a model, and now you're going into a new journey of being a health coach. Um, so can you tell me how you've managed to uncondition your beliefs and to kind of dive into this world of being a health coach? Yes. So um, 2019, mm -hmm. great timing, right? Before yeah. the, the year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 2019, I decided to go back to school. I wanted to go back to school. Uh, it was clear to me that I wanted to quit acting, uh, not invest my time in it anymore. But I, I didn't want to just uh, model anymore, okay? I needed to, to, to do something else and start planning. I've always felt called to do something else too, you mm -hmm. know? So I wasn't really surprised to have this, this rush of wanting to go back to school. And when I started looking at different programs, um, I literally stumbled upon IIN, the Institute mm -hmm. of Integrative Nutrition in New York. And when I looked at their program and I talked to a few people about it, it was very clear that I was going to do that. But my intention wasn't to become a health coach at the time. My intention was like, I want to be in school. I think it was a bit of my ego talking like, I didn't want to not be doing anything. You know, okay. I did not, I had made that choice. It, there, I didn't just want to model. There's, there had to be something else going on in my life yeah <laughs> so i went to school just because i also knew the knowledge that i was gonna like it because it was totally my type of education education mm -hmm. right creative approach to health which i was a strong believer before even um signing up you know so yeah i got into the school got in, in um it took me a year to graduate it was wonderful because 2020 i had plenty of time to study um then I started seeing that it was very clear that adding my nutrition knowledge, okay, and all this, the coaching skills and all that, that I was learning in school, on top of everything that I had been learning in the past six years, it just made sense. It was like the puzzle, you know, all the pieces coming together because I really started seeing it, okay, I do believe in, into, in integrative approach to mental health, obviously, yeah. because that's what I've discovered in the past six years. Plus the knowledge of coaching, plus the knowledge of nutrition. I was like, wow, this is what I want to do because I love it so much. I just want to share it with people, you know, like it was very clear that it was the right path. Yeah. And I think that when you feel so strongly about something and when it comes so easily, it just flows. It's like 
for some reason, your soul just knows you have to be there. It's like your intuition letting you know. When things don't flow, when things go wrong constantly, time after time after time, when you're struggling and suffering in a situation, like that's literally a sign to re-question what you're doing, how you're doing it, and start over or maybe find a different path. Because the path you're taking, it, it's not. It's not what you're meant to be doing. Um, and it's funny because um, it's, 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 it's true, absolutely. Um, and there's this like difference between, you know how people say, hold on to, have a goal, don't give up, move forward, don't let anything, you know, don't take the nose, like, mm -hmm. don't give up, okay? There's that, but there's also, when something is true to you, that means yeah. it resonates with your heart. I mean, it's the best way I see it now. Mm -hmm. When it's true, you don't need to defend it. When it's true, mm -hmm. it's just a fact. The truth is, it's true to you. You don't need to, 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 you know, fight over it, right? So the difference between really, like, having a goal and, and not giving up and finding the truth, the, the ego comes into place, right? Like, why am I choosing that? Why am I making that go in the first place? And why, that's why it's so important to find your truth because once you know your truth is resonating with your heart, it makes making decisions much easier, including setting those goals in the first place. Exactly, exactly. And you feel so strongly about it that even when people question it, you know deep down inside of your heart that this is the path. Um, yeah. So just you know, don't, don't let people question. And I love that you're on this path. Um, and, and you told me this morning over the phone, something really amazing, because there's this stigma in modeling, especially after the Victoria's Secret um, runway shows were canceled, that all models or most models have eating disorders or struggle with food. And you told me this morning, I've never had that issue because I've always nourished my body with what feels good. And I love that. And I think that it just hit like, I forgot what the saying is in English, but like the nail in the hammer or the hammer <laughs> on the nail, because it's so beautiful that you have been so aware of eating habits and of understanding that your body needs to be nurtured, not only, you know, with food and, and what you like and not limiting yourself with what you eat, um, but nourishing it with love as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that and explain like how you came to that realization? Yes, yeah, so uh, it's going to sound paradoxical to a lot of people, but yeah. in all my years of modeling, I never cared about food so much. So I feel very lucky and I realize I'm, I'm very grateful for that. I never had an eating disorder. I never had a, a bad relationship with food because for me, food was always a way of like, is this making me feel good or not? And, uh, but also, I mean, I, I realize I'm lucky. I never had to, I've always worked out. I never really have had to worry about my weight. I didn't even want to have to worry about my weight. I don't even have a scale. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that was, uh, for me, modeling was really, okay, I know my job, I'm gonna do it well. Uh, if, you know, if I make money, if my agent makes money, everybody's happy. I don't need to start being so, you know, conscious about what I look like, okay? I, don't, I didn't want my whole life to be based on do, what I look like. Um, so I never had to deal with that. But because of being conscious about what, you know, food as energy, right? But yeah. of course, studying it later on, I started becoming a lot more aware of the importance of what you eat, right? So not mm -hmm. as the model, but as a health coach uh, from a place of um, not only how does it make me feel, but how can I do better? Uh, you know, what are some of the choices that I make that don't make me feel bad, but are they really good for me? So okay. the, the assessment of my, um, of my food habits really started not that long ago, ironically. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so, so yeah, now, of course, I, it's um, very important for me. It's one of the most important thing now because I also know, like, you know, brain fog and all the digestive issues, skin issues, everything is related to what you eat. Of course. So now I'm a lot more, you know, now I, now people look at me, they're like, oh, you're a model, right? Like, you look at what you eat. Oh, you eat an apple, right? And when I'm like, no, that is not the reason. Now, you know, I'm a yeah. health coach. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And Deb, can you give me like one example in particular, something that you learned at IIN that you think would be valuable to people listening that may struggle with food or may struggle a lot with body image or body shaming even? 
here's an example. Um, there's so many things that would be valuable. But if I had to pick one right this second, the one that comes to mind is how you, how you feel, how do you feel when you eat, okay? Because if you're eating a salad, because you think that's the right thing to eat, but you feel bored, or you're like, oh, again, and what am I gonna eat after? Oh, I'm gonna get hungry in an hour. This is boring, like I don't, all that is more detrimental to you than you're having your burger, you're having a good time, you feel good about yourself, you know? So you, you, we need to, to completely shift how you look at food, okay? Uh, so, and it's about experimenting, like experiment. Don't be close-minded, see if this works for you, but don't, uh, I, I'm not into the fat diets or, you know, the, 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 the fancy diet of the moment mm -hmm. where everybody, no, not at all. I think everybody is different and you have to explore, but there's no right or wrong way to do it. And I'm a big preacher that if you feel good here, your body will be good, right? So just look at your food and see how you feel when you eat. And I, I love that because honestly, understanding how your body feels after you eat, like if you feel tired, if you feel bloated, if you feel fatigued, whatever, that's literally your body telling you, this is not really healthy for you, like don't do it again. And I think like what you just said is also extremely important because um, eating like the salad bored out of your mind or not enjoying it is also kind of like guilt eating. I mean, you're eating the salad, but you're feeling some kind of way that's not necessarily nourishing lovingly to your body. So exactly. doing that, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel is what ends up happening for a lot of people that eat salads constantly and are still overweight and never lose weight because it's, it's no longer about the physical part of it. It's emotional. I mean, you're not going to lose the weight until you work on your emotions because you're not eating the salad, enjoying it. You're not eating it because it's good for you or because you like it and you're eating it with, with some type of feeling that may be causing that energy to be stuck inside of your body so that I feel like that happens. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I Absolutely. feel like it's true. That's why yeah. it's, we say holistic approach to health. Holistic mm -hmm. approach, you know, integrative approach is you looking at health from the full spectrum, right? So everything is connected. Uh, so absolutely and we could go deep into that you know energy blocks and you know what yeah. we you know our, what we do with our brains okay like we can do such incredible things if we learn the tools but it's we can also do terrible detrimental things to ourselves so learning about everything but definitely just being aware of, yeah. about okay just taking a second and being aware and trying to assess how you feel about what you eat how you feel after you eat. Just that, it's a huge step forward because we don't do it. We swallow our foods, we go on, we get on our phones. So it's, it's really about changing our entire habits around food. And then of course you discover, oh, how am I feeling? Oh, no, nah. you see? So it's, a, it's, it's quite an incredible journey, the food part as well. Yeah, for sure. And um, Romeo is actually saying that he eats at the speed of light. And I understand you, Romeo, because I used to do that as well. Um, when I was working at, at the White House as a journalist, because I never had time to eat patiently. Um, and sometimes I didn't even have time to eat. So I was, whenever I did get five minutes to eat, I would completely overeat because I didn't know when the next time was or would be that I was going to get to actually eat. So do you have some advice for, for people that eat at the speed of light and how that could be so detrimental to our health? <laughs> I know. Well, I did that too. Um, so it's a very common problem in our society today that is for sure but one thing that's so simple but actually works at least for me just turn off your phone put it aside don't do anything else but focus on your meal take a deep breath before you eat and because that puts you in a space of being mindful about the process of eating because when you eat by, at the speed of light, you know, and you're just swallowing your food, it's because you're thinking or you're on your phone at the same time or you're watching a YouTube video or Netflix, whatever it is, already thinking about what you're going to do after lunch. So to, to really, again, changing your, the way you look at eating food all together and putting yourself and be like, okay, I'm about to eat. 
take a deep breath and see what happens. It's not going to happen overnight, but I'm a true believer. Those tiny little changes, eventually you'll be like, the days you don't do it, you'll be like, oh, I felt it. That wasn't so great. I, I prefer when I do it. For sure. For sure. Deb, um, I mean, I think I've asked you about most stuff. Um, you decided to quit acting also in 2019. Actually, what do you think um, has been the most valuable thing you've learned after that process and taking the big um, courageous decision to quit? Because I know quitting is sometimes really hard and there could be a lot of self-shaming involved with that decision. Right, so it wasn't an easy decision especially remember earlier I was talking about setting a goal and working mm -hmm. hard for it. I had set the acting goal. Like yeah. I want to be an actor. This is what I loved. And if it, I had, if I had just kept on listening to, you know, that I don't the hard passion for it and how I feel when I act, you know, that that was the right decision for me. Right. Because I, I knew I had the passion for it. I had the training and I loved it. You know, I wanted to do that. So I think the most valuable thing I've learned is the, you know, making the difference between, okay, what do I want to do? And is it meant for me? Mm -hmm. Really hard to tell because it's not, the compass can be a little, you know, not so straightforward, I think for most people, at least yeah. not for me. Um, and I, I've realized um, the day I quit, I felt lighter. And I wasn't sure why. I just <laughs> felt lighter. And that was for me a big, uh, it's the right decision. And a lot of people came to me afterwards. Uh, uh, a lot of people, you know, they just assume you quit because, you know, you just feel like a failure or you didn't work out for you. And it's definitely, you know, all those thoughts go through your head. Don't get me wrong. You know, like I was like, okay, I'm not going to keep auditioning for the rest of my days to get into an audition, work so hard for it and have a casting director not even look at me in the eyes and just tell me like okay can you do this again without the, the, the your voice you know i you know yeah. so it, it's it's <laughs> definitely a world of rejection but even as a model you have to go through that i don't really care for rejection because i always felt inside my heart that if it's meant for you it is of course my definition of it now it is a lot broader right and yeah. more mindful but I always had this thing inside of me uh, that was still driving me. So I never really felt sad if I didn't get something. You know, yeah. I was like, oh, it's not meant for me. Next, next, next. Yeah. So that was valuable. When you have to make a decision in your life and you don't know because you know you love something, but you're, you know, you're basically confused, really sit down with yourself and pretend, okay, what if I make that decision? Mm -hmm. And see, there's really like this thing inside of you. Do I feel lighter or heavier? It's, a, it's the best way I can describe it because that's how it felt for me. When I quit acting, I didn't quit my love for acting. I quit the energy I was putting into it because I had decided to put my energy into something else. And when I started doing something else, I feel my heart is full. And even though I haven't figured out everything, I'm not sure, you know, where this is going to take me. It's a, you know, I'm excited for, for what's ahead, but it's definitely like a complete leap of faith. But I feel good. There's not a part, a single part of me that doubts my decisions today. And that is new to me. And that is, that, that's, it's what I was telling earlier when I was saying, when something is true, it resonates with you. It feels light. You don't need to defend it. You don't need to argue it. You don't need to talk about it because you know it's good here. It feels right. When we, the moment I believe, we feel the need to defend something or to, 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 to convince, maybe it's something is not completely aligned. We know here. I, yeah, I agree. I completely agree. And Romeo is asking if you quit because of bad people. There's no bad people. No, uh, honestly, no. I, again, I feel very lucky. I never had really bad experiences. You know, my perspective on certain experiences wasn't so great, but that was me, right? That was uh, me leaving the moment. I feel like, oh, it was rude or this or that, but I never, no, not at all. I never encountered one bad person. Actually, I was 
very lucky to work with incredible people in acting too. Uh, so not at all. That, that, that is not the reason. I really quit because I felt something else was calling me and it became clear to me that that was more important for me. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, Deb, is there anything else you'd like to add that maybe I haven't asked you? Um, well, what, I'm sure I've covered it already, but when it comes to healing and when you go through difficult times uh, in life, um, we, I think we have to be curious, right? And not just listen to a few people and really just to remember how much how powerful we are and how much we can do on our own. If we get a little curious, if you read certain books and if you're not into books, just go on YouTube. There's tons of information out there. And it's not about, again, right or wrong. This right is wrong. This is great. It's not great. Not at all. It's about being curious. Okay. Because curiosity is what led me here. I wasn't somebody that was spiritual. I didn't grow up in any type of really, um, spiritual setting you know um so everything that i've learned was out of curiosity and along the way i had those moments of i love this oh this really helps and i started seeing like a map you know like of how to heal yourself because everything is connected and a lot of a lot of the books say the same thing with different voices <laughs> different stories but it was the same so then you start hearing the information listening to the information, integrating the information, and the integrative part is what's interesting. And you might surprise yourself about how you do it, but you have to get curious about it. And with the amount of information that we get today with social media and, you know, like we get bombarded all the time, it's, it's really important to get centered, to slow down, to breathe, to turn off the freaking Instagram once in a while, <laughs> put it aside. No offense, yeah. Instagram. It does sometimes yeah. way too much. And you really, re, you know, find your authenticity, find your own voice and, and remember how powerful you are because you really are. I, I, I can't believe I say that, but yeah. it's true. It's really true. Get curious and remember who you are. That's amazing. And somebody else was asking if, uh, where is it? Le Baptiste was asking if you reconsider going into the act acting industry in the future if that's an absolute no um i still love it okay so <laughs> this part of me who loves the stage and loves acting loves selling stories is probably never gonna disappear if the opportunities were to 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 come let's see maybe i would i would consider it um i like to live my life now way more in the moment and enjoying what's happening now and I don't want to think too much about the future, but if yes, I, I would maybe consider it. Okay. Nobody, I'll be like, oh, what? where's the script? Show it to me. Yeah. Oh, maybe, let me see. <laughs> okay, and Luz is thanking you for sharing your experience and MJ Gomez is asking, um, so more intuitive eating with wholesome mind? More, sorry. Like I more intuitive eating, so eating like with your intuition yeah. And I guess your mind? Uh, well, intuitive eating is a little bit like what I was doing already mm -hmm. before, which is, okay, is this making me feel good or not? Um, I guess that's what he's mentioning. I, I right? think or, so. With a, I yeah. don't know if you want to clarify, MJ. Yeah, so inner, intuitive yeah. eating with a wholesome mind. Yeah, intuitive eating is, yeah, just, just eat mindfully rather, right? Yeah, intuitive eating. I mean, it's it's more like oh, you're 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 driven towards certain food, uh, which can also be conditioned by mm -hmm. other factors. So I think that the best is to take a mindful approach to eating. Completely change the, how we go about it. Yeah, and I, you know, I've become more aware and more mindful of how I'm eating recently too. Um, and something that works for me, maybe it might work for for some of you guys listening or watching, is um like when you're about to open the fridge, literally ask your body and ask your heart, like what's good for my heart right now? What's good for my body? Like what kind of nourishment does my body want and need right now? Like asking yourself those questions, the answer will come, the intuition will come and you will give your body the nutrients or the food 
that it sure. needs. And, and we also, we get, we, we know already what this feels like, because for mm -hmm. example, in winter, you're like, oh, I'm craving a soup, right? Or something warm and, or potatoes, you know, something like heavy. And in the summer, sometimes you'll be like, oh, I just want like a, li a light salad. So this is like, the, it's basically thinking like that with everything all year long, right? Mm -hmm. And, and of course, I mean, I could go deep into that, but the, what you buy for the house and what you have in your fridge makes a huge difference because that means you already set your intention into a, a mindful eating when you go grocery shopping. So you already are mindful about what's about to happen, right? Which mm -hmm. makes, uh, com you know, consequently other decisions much easier uh, once you're hungry. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, Deb, if you don't have anything else to add, we've been talking for 50 minutes, which is crazy because oh this God. flew by. <laughs> And Instagram will probably cut us off in like eight more minutes. So, okay. But do you want to add anything before we leave? Well, thank you so much uh, for doing this, Emiliana. That was such a pleasure. Like, I'm, I'm very happy. Uh, thank you, everyone who attended and for sharing and asking questions. That is so sweet. I couldn't see everything. It's like, oh, my God. Instagram do you want to take a second? I mean, we have before Instagram cut us out because I know a lot of people asked questions in French, but I don't speak French. I only took French too with Miss Masseuse. Uh, oh, la la. oh, oh my God, God, you guys are so sweet. There's so much. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of comments. If you want to take a little bit of time to read uh, through some of them. And if there's questions, we can answer them. Sorry, guys, that I don't Thank speak you French. for all the support. You, there's very kind uh, messages. Um, no, but I think it's not a question. I think it's my family having a conversation. Uh, I see my cousin. I love, and my <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Good support system, I can tell. Whenever yeah, your family's watching great. you, that's amazing. Great um, support system. But yeah, and as far as I see a lot of people saying, like, thank you for being so open. Of course, like I told Emiliana this morning, uh, if I'm going to do this and by do this is like being more on Instagram being more cool, being more 2021. There's no other way I would do it. Because again, I'm not going to wear another mask. I mean, I'm, I still model, it's still my job. It's so easy to post the pictures, I tell you. It's a lot, yeah. a lot harder to actually be completely yourself. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Like if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it openly. If not, I, I can't wear any more masks enough. It's too many years. <laughs> too many years. I love it. I love it, Deb. And you're such a beautiful soul. Thank you so much for, Thank you. I mean, I feel honored that you accepted this invitation and that you chose to open up and tell me your, your story firsthand um, when you hadn't done so on Instagram. So you're welcome to the space anytime. Let's not make it five years. You can come back next year or even within four or five months, um, you know, when your health coaching kicks off even more. Um, you're just, yeah, you're amazing. The insight that you have is, is amazing. And um, I, I would say best of luck to you, but I, I don't think you need it. I think you got it. Thank you, Milena. Honestly, I'm, I'm so honored that you asked me to, to do this uh, interview. I, I've, I've been admiring you for years, so I, I'm, I'm very happy, very grateful, and this was so nice. And uh, thank you to everyone also for the little messages and all the support. That's amazing. Yeah, a ton of Milena, messages. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Perfect. You have a ton of fans. Have a good one, Deb. Thank you guys Thank you. all for tuning in to the Awakened Journalist. Thank you, everyone.